Hey, uh, welcome to the Inspire Group podcast. I'm joined today with uh, by Dr. David Keane. Uh, so David's an international presenter, workshop leader and author who's devoted his life and career to uh, helping create workplaces that bring out the very best of people in both their professional and, and their personal lives. Um, so yeah, welcome, David. Thank you so much. I haven't really spoken to you at depth for quite some time, but I do remember our first meeting. So do I. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I remember you telling me um, some of the research that, that you had done and, um, and, you know, really started to um, tell me about the, um, the art of being deliberate. And I think the book came out, did the book come out slightly after that or was the book out already? Maybe about the same time, Dan, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I've read, but uh, it's been a while. So, mm-hmm. so tell me more about that book and how that relates to, um, to what we're talking about today, particularly around leadership. But I, th- I think maybe not just leadership, maybe just um, professional effectiveness, maybe, or just effectiveness as a human being. Okay. Well, first of all, Dan, thank you very much for your invitation to, to join you on the, on the, the call. Um, look, of all times, I can't think of a better time to be looking at this whole issue of success in our lives. Um, certainly the past number of weeks, I think, has caused many of us to, to stop and think and maybe have some deeper moments um, as leaders and as leaders of people. So I'm really delighted, Dan, we're having this conversation today. I think it's very appropriate. And um, hopefully I'll be able to offer you some and your listeners some practical guidance of, um, of things we can actually do now uh, in our professional lives mm. and in our personal lives. So uh, to your question then, Dan, um, and very much, you know, I'll be guided by you in terms of you just jump in, um, guide me any way you want. I, I can do that. Um, so the book then, which uh, is called The Art of Deliberate Success, the subtitle being The 10 Behaviours of Successful People. That was really the culmination of, oh, probably 24 years work on my part. I started when I was really young, Dan. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> 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 I think it was that, that was probably when I first so met when you. You were very, very young, right? Very, very young, and um, so where that book really came from was my accumulated experience of of working with successful people of, of all sorts, and including the original work I did my PhD, which involved looking at um, chief executives and other senior people to try and figure out what they do that other people don't do. So the book really, um, you know put into a frame for me, my accumulated, I guess, knowledge at that time, in terms of what I learned, what I observed, and in particular, what I noticed really works. I think there's a lot of ideas out there that are conceptually appealing, but do they really work in practice is is another matter entirely. So what I focus on is practicality, what really Mm. works in people's lives. So really the book then, The 10 Behaviors, uh, sorry, the, The Art of Deliberate Success, with that subtitle has really been the foundation stone for what I've done subsequently, which is to build a whole business around this. And um, so what I found was that putting the book out while an exciting part of my personal journey uh, was really only the beginning. And um, so what I found over the years is that people, as I said, can conceptually know many ideas but the real test is, do they put it into practice in their everyday lives? So what we've been involved with then with my company, The 10 Behaviors, is building what I would call learning experiences. Learning experiences. Um, so that's why, you know, over the years, I've really admired the Inspire Group 
because I think that's very much um, what you guys are doing is very much in that frame as well. It's doing things that matter, that are enduring and that are sticky over a long time. Um, so that's basically a soft introduction, Dan, to the book and subsequently, you know, what, what was built on that. So just in terms of what we've done sort of after that, we've obviously created a suite of programs ranging from two-day workshops to seminars. And now, of course, we have the live stream edition of the 10 behaviors. And, you know, one of the key things we found over the years is to really get effectiveness. It's wrapping around that um, coaching is very important. Mm. And we also have um, learning circles. So one of the things which I want to congratulate you on, Dan and the team, is today I noticed that your Inspiring the Lead program has been launched. That's right. And um, yes. I must say I was really excited by the conversations we've had recently with Nick um, in terms of, you know, what's in that program and especially how you've architected it to create this learning experience. Um, so we would be very much um, of the same ilk. Um, yeah. There's one thing producing content, but there's quite a different matter producing learning experiences. Um, and and so I, that's sp really what I suppose also, also the, the subsequent behavior that, that one would hope results in those experiences. Well, that's right. And, and yeah. that's the main reason we call or program the 10 behaviors of yeah. successful people. Uh, because, you know, behaviors are observable. Mm. You, can, you can go and look at somebody in action and you could say, are they executing those behaviors or not? So it's a mm. definitive thing that somebody can actually look at where something more vague like the 10 ideas of success or concepts <laughs> or whatever. Um, it sounds the, really the, good, the, but it doesn't the ten, actually. The 10 success hack. So it? there's hacks and, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just always concerned that at the end of the day, you know, the people who pay for our programs are organizations and they must, they're investing in their people um, yeah. and the return must in some way return to the organization, um, although it's through the individual. Mm. Um, so that's why, you know, I agree that it's all got to do with behaviors which are observable, definitive um, actions you can see somebody taking yeah I, I remember the conversation we had it was um as i think the first time we met might have been would it be 15 years ago it could be it, mm -hmm. and, and i remember you telling me um one of the ceos that you trailed and, and you know as part of your research i think it was kind of like almost like a, a 24 7 you spent with this person and is that okay or, um if he, you, he used to run a large bank here yes yeah mm -hmm. Okay, so Ralph um, Norris? Yeah, he was one of the people. I didn't yeah. study him, but I, I obviously um, have done work with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. I, and I remember um, me saying to you, David, I don't believe that these CEOs and, and him as an example do a 40-hour week. And you're going, yeah, most of the time they do. And I remember thinking, hang on a minute. I, you know, and I, I wasn't, you know, inspired. It was a lot smaller then. And, um, but I was doing way more than a 40-hour week. So it really... Um, it forced me to reflect, actually, and um, and really think about, uh, you know, and I, I know what, one of your behaviors is eliminate, which I kind of yeah. like, and you mentioned before focusing on what matters and, and eliminate a whole bunch of stuff that I was doing that was ineffective and um, just meant I had to do that, that I was doing 60-hour weeks as opposed to a 40-odd-hour week. So to, to me, that really resonated. Um, and again, you know, that's a behavior that um, it was that I could actually pick up and run with and, and, and I'm hoping be more effective. 
Um, so thank you for that. I don't know if I've ever thanked you for that. So, so there you go. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and look what you've achieved so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> a question, though. Um, and this is a, a, a perennial one. You know, the, uh, are leaders born or are they made? You know, can, or are they developed? And, um, and if so, how does that relate to, the, to your 10 behaviours? Yeah, yeah. There's probably two questions in that, isn't there? So there, there is, yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting, you know, one of the, the, the journals I read avidly is the Harvard Business Review. Yes. Yep. And I think I've been a subscriber for about 30 years of it, and it arrives every two months with the latest issue. Mm. And I would say on average, about every year, that question comes <laughs> up. And, you know, are leaders born or made? Oh, and, um, they, they, they stole my thunder. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but I mean, you're yeah. It's it's there every year. Um, mm. I'll tell you where I sit on it. Um, I think as I'm um, getting more experience, I, I'm moving towards the idea that they're made. Yeah. And here's the rationale for it. If you look at anybody who's really good at something, be it sport person. I know you're a musician, Dan. You know, if you look at anybody who's really good at something, at one time they weren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even when you look at, you know, in the world of golf, you know, when Tiger mm. Woods was at his prime, um, you know, he, he actually started playing golf when he was four. Yeah. But when he was four, he was an okay golfer, but he wasn't very good. You know? mm. I imagine it was, it was pretty rubbish when he was three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So between three and four, he got a yeah, substantially yeah, yeah. better. Um, mm. But that's the way I'm mm. sort of seeing it. I think a lot of these things are actually learned. Um, yeah. And they're learned, to use my word, in a deliberate way. They're, mm. they're, not, mm. they're not accidentally learned, but they're created in the person through deliberate or intent. Yeah. You know, and would you say your, um, you, you know, in the 10 behaviors, and you know, obviously, people could <clears throat> after this can look these up. Is the is the intention of what you've created to to try to fast track that in some way? Because you know, I, I, look, I I agree with you. You say, um, yeah, and that might typically take twenty years. <laughs> and all of those organisations we work with, they go, that we don't have that time. Yeah. So so is that is that is that the idea of what what you've I guess crystallised here? Just a, a way to fast track that. Yeah. And the, 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 the idea behind it is that if you want to get really good at something, be it leadership or self-management or self-awareness, doesn't it make sense that the first place to look is for people who've already achieved it? Mm. Um, I remember, here's just an example from my own life, uh, when I started to play golf first. Uh, the very first thing I did when I decided to play golf was I went out and I bought some golf clubs and went out to the driving range and started doing some practicing, then started playing golf and so on. Right. So I've been playing golf for a long time, but I'm not very good at it. And the mistake that I made was that if I had only on day one said, I want to learn to play golf, but I'm, I'm going to get a coach to teach me how to play golf correctly from day one. I wouldn't yeah. have spent 20 something years reversing bad habits <laughs> that, you know, I, you know, I, that we have developed over time. Um, oh. So I think I, I still think that, that um, the same thing with success and, and yeah. leadership behaviors, the earlier you can learn them 
in your career, the better. Now, mm. some is, people is, are... Sorry. sorry go yeah. ahead, is, is that because there's less maybe unlearning to do? I mean, you, you, you know, yeah. you, you know, we create these ruts and these routines for ourselves and then it's kind of hard to get out of that. And, you know, playing golf and playing guitar is a very similar thing, I think, you know. There are. There are similarities, yeah. yeah. A big, and as you say, it's, it's reversing out of those habits. Um, yeah. And you can be lucky. You can be lucky in your career in that in the early part of your career, you may have a boss, for example, that's really good and a boss that has, ha has behaviors that you, you don't even know you're doing it, but you pick up on them mm, Okay. Yep. because of the way that they're interacting with you. And that's fortunate and that's lucky. And depending on your career path, you may have a good series of bosses in a row and therefore and you develop these things nat naturally enough. But how about if, if your journey is not so smooth? Um, then maybe we're, as you say, reversing some habits. Yeah. Um, and that's so I agree that I think a lot of this is about actually helping people by looking at other successful people to start with. Uh, and it's amazing then to short, if you like, mm. the learning mm. journey. Um, um, one of the, the books I really like is the autobiography of Steve Jobs. Not sure if you've seen that book, Dan, but it's. Uh, oh, I have. Is it the? What? Yeah, yeah. No, I've read that. It's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So. It's, tell me more, sir. It's a big book. You might have it there. It is. It, it is a to. big. I'm, I'm looking around for it. I don't think it's in my home office, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's at work. That big white thing, big heavy yeah, white. Yeah, I think book, at right? the moment, actually, given our current lockdown, maybe people have it under their laptops, <laughs> propping it up. It's a good book. <laughs> There's many book. many uses for that book, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but that's a fascinating book. There's 42 chapters in that book. Um, and they're all, you know, bite-sized chapters, mm -hmm. easy to read. But what's fascinating, fascinating about that book is it tells the story of Steve Jobs, which, uh, you know, for many people would put him in the classification of, of being a successful person. Now, maybe in a moment, we'll talk about what we mean mm -hmm. by success separately. Um, but when you look at his life, for example, he's had a whole lot of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really good to look at a book like that to see what he did wrong and what he learned from his mistakes. Um, yeah. So in terms of us sitting here wanting to be more successful in our own lives, a really good place to look is outside of yourself to begin with. Mm, mm, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it, it looks, you know, I think about the arc of that story. I was saying to someone the other day, you know, if you, if you step back, it looks like a curve that's pointing up, not any story really but when you mm -hmm. kind of zoom in on it you see there's some peaks and there's some troughs right yeah. and and you know when you step back it might look like the steady curve and that could be any related to business or professional development or golf playing i guess you know or yeah. whatever but when you kind of zero in you notice that there's there's a lot of variance yeah that's right um, when you put the microscope mm, down on it yeah now uh, you know there are 10 behaviors david and you know and they but you know they they spell out deliberate is there any one or two in those that people would naturally move to first? Because that's, you know, that's a fair amount of platter for someone. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, if, if someone say just starting on this, is it, is it two that are more important or, or maybe more easily developed? Gosh, I just asked two questions in the same question. Yeah, so yeah. maybe the first one, <laughs> a new, a new leader. What, what, what's, what's going to make the difference? Okay. All right. Now, before we can get into that, Dan, there's one very important job we need to do. Okay. And that is actually define what we mean by success. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, I would have said, I would say to you that over the years, I have changed my mind on this matter. In that, my initial study, look at the CEOs and so on, I made a mistake. And the mistake was that I assumed that success was achieving seniority. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, you know, that's why I chose to be looking at CEOs and other leaders. But now what I would say, in fact, is that success has got nothing whatsoever to do with seniority, the position somebody holds, the amount of money they make, the amount of influence they have, or indeed their notoriety. So the way I define success is, and, and for those people listening, you might want to write this down um, because it's really a key point. And that would be that success is being on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams, comma, whatever those dreams might be. So I'll say that again. Mm. Success is being on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams, comma, whatever those dreams might be. So when we define success in this way, we totally open up the canvas. Mm. Because suddenly, somebody can be successful within an organization if they can wake up most days look at who they are be they a leader or not and say am i on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams according to the way i've defined it for myself if the answer to that question on more days than not is yes ultimately that person is a successful person it doesn't actually matter what they're doing mm. um so that's the preamble to that yeah. question, Dan. And I think it's yeah. really important we, we say that um, because I believe that one of the greatest stress points in people's live, lives is making comparisons with other people. Mm. So, you know, the kind of thing would be, you know, somebody would say, oh, I've just read a newspaper article about this person who was in school with me. And they went on to be the chief executive hey. of whatever. And here I am doing whatever else mm. and oh you know has my life been a failure well yeah. maybe not yeah um, it could well be in fact that that senior person is really unhappy <laughs> mm. Mm. it could be mm. that, that <laughs> um, they shouldn't for that yeah and, and, and one hopes no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah they, so so uh, you make a good point there around the pathway um and it's something that that i've that I've now come to believe. And again, a mistake I, I made was, you know, you'd have to get to a certain point. When I get to this point, I will be happy. And well, I'll be, I think I'm successful and I'll be happy. And cause you never get there cause the goalposts shift all the time. Right. Hmm. And, I, and I think the other thing is when you're coaching other people, you have this desire or managing, leading other people, you have this desire for them to be at a certain point. But the reality is if they're progressing towards that point, that's worth celebrating as opposed to them just being at that point, right? Because that Precisely. changes. And so I, I, lo I love that definition um, yeah. that you have around the pathway. So how do then, and, and, and in terms of success in the way that, what was the comma success in the way that you describe it? Is that, was that the, you know, after the comma, you know, in terms of your definition? Oh, well, whatever that might be, 
whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It allows people scope, mm. you know, mm. and I think one of the interesting things, I'm sure you've come across this in the work that you're doing, I know you have is with coaching with people and so on. People have different motivations for work, you know, and we talk a lot about engagement and alignment with the corporate mission and values and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think this is a critical thing is that it's totally possible to have somebody let's, let's say for example, an example here would be somebody who's a musician, right? Yep. Think of it. Uh, cause I know in your industry, a lot of people are artistic and so on. Right. So somebody is a musician and they say that their real success to them is being a musician and their job, let's say, because they can't mm. make a full-time living out of being a musician, their job is a funding mechanism for that. Yeah. Right. So now we're looking at somebody in work and suddenly their quality of their life and how successful they are is how near they are to buying their next guitar. Mm. Right. So therefore there's actually perfect alignment between that individual and the organization. Yeah. And that's the kind of conversation I think uh, leaders mm. need to have. And, and, and is that, do you think people are open to that? Because, you know, I'd imagine that some people, some leaders might feel uncomfortable thinking, oh, I've got a bunch here, and they're, and they're motivated to pick up the paycheck because that paycheck is something for them outside of work. Yeah. But, that, you know, I mean, I've, it's a little bit different when you run your own business, but I've definitely had jobs like that over the years, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you know, you've got your perfect mm. way worked out. Yeah. And um, so, so it's really the purpose as it, as, as it relates to that individual. And as it relates to, as it relates to their unique definition of success for themselves. Yeah. So now this raises a really interesting question because I know you asked me about leaders. Mm. I think at this time that we're in, one of the best conversations that a leader can have with say, an employee is what's actually really important to you. Mm. I reckon that the work of leading for the next couple of years is going to be very simply put. It's going to be all about caring, caring individual and being able to have those conversations. It's a good point because I think, you know, we're probably, you know, I know we've seen this with in our own lives, but also with clients, you know, in terms of trying to reward and, and remunerate people when they guess what's important to that individual and the individual might go, I, I want flexibility. Yeah, that's or, right. Or I want, um, I want advancement or I want, um, I just want to be able to do a nine to five and, and, for, and, and not think about work when I go home. Yeah. Uh, at this point in my time of, of my life and you go, okay. Mm. And that but might I, I think you're right. somebody. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm sure it does. And I think you, you're spot on asking, you know, asking that question to try to find out. Do you think there's a challenge though that employees on the other end might answer that in a way that, you know, I need to say these things because my boss needs to hear these things kind of thing. You know, that, that dynamic that sometimes gets yeah. Uh, they might say that, but I suppose on one level, that's a kind of an immature kind of organization. Yeah. Um, people have often asked me the question, but what happens, David, if we have these conversations with our people and they leave? Yeah. And I say, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. You know, 
and um, that's much better than having them staying around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, to use a New Zealand phrase on it, you know, because I know this broadcast goes out to other places too. Yeah. But there's this lovely phrase here, which is, "Isn't it really good to know that everybody's on the walker because they want to?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I think over the next few years, especially mm. with the uncertainty in the environment, this conversation around what is success to you at a deep level and being able to draw that alignment between what they said that mm. success is and what the organization is trying to achieve. And hopefully there'll be an alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great conversation to have. So that's the I kind of... Too, yeah. 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 And, you know, you mentioned before that changes and it might not change every day, but, it, you know, for many folks, it'll change over, over years as they grow and develop and, you know, experience new things, which I think is, or should I say, and, and we can put, put pause on this statement, it would be weird if it stayed the same, wouldn't it? it would <laughs> you know, 40 years of working, it's like, it's always been the same. You're going, wow, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. But like Groundhog so, Day, right? Okay, correct. Now, um, <laughs> Now you kind of mentioned you know in these in these challenging times those conversations. Is there anything specific, and and maybe some some of those for some of the listeners that are leading people, is there anything specific in your deliberate behaviours that you'd go, you know, these couple here would you see what I'm doing here, right? I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us give us the points. What what can I work with here, David? So okay. are, are there any are there any is there anything particular that um, that you'd go, you know, if you focus on these ones here, that would be a good thing to do now when times are, are more uncertain. Than okay. Maybe All right. Okay. okay. What I'm going to do, Dan, for you and the listeners, is I'm going to yeah. run through really quickly some... Um, what they are. What yeah. sort of takeaways are. Yeah. I've, I've been asked in the past five weeks. Right. Are the lowest hanging fruit, put it that way, mm. of things That's that people on. can actually implement, right? I really appreciate that. Okay. So... Given the situation that many people are in, many people are working from home, um, and the dynamic around that is challenging, to say the least, for many people. Um, so here are some ideas that I would have about that. So number one would be, just in terms of what we talked about, in terms of what's important, um, I would recommend that people take some time out, now is a perfect time, to write down on a piece of paper what their definition of success is. Okay. Yeah. Number two, take that piece of paper and put it in your wallet and make it so that you're looking at it every day. Do an exercise like this and they'll have it rambling around in their head, but that mm. doesn't really cut it. So even if it's imperfect to start off with, uh, take your definition of success and write it down and look at it every day. And by looking at that definition over time, you'll notice that, hmm, really? Is that what I really want? <laughs> um, you know, and yeah. where this comes into play is that when you've got decisions to make about all sorts of matters undoubtedly mm -hmm. coming up, it's pretty simple. All you got to do is take a piece of paper out of your wallet and say, is what I'm about to do right now moving me closer to that or not? Mm. closer become super excited if not maybe the answer is no you're not going to do that right so yeah. that's number number one recommendation mm. it would be that's to, a very 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 practical tip thank you very practical you know yeah. because otherwise if you haven't got that done 
um, there's no context for decision making. You know, I think one of the interesting things about the time we're in at the moment and why it's so unique is because the world has been forced to push pause. We really have. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so much uncertainty is that people are being challenged perhaps with ideas and beliefs they've had that were just ongoing. But now because we've all had to stop by pressing pause, we're questioning some things. Like, do we really need to commute? Do we need to be working all these hours? Do we need to work in this way? All things are coming to the fore. In the past, you know, it required a crisis to cause that to happen. So you needed a health problem. You needed a death in your family. True, that is true. um, Something like that. But now we've all experienced this push-pause moment. And it's an absolutely fantastic opportunity to to do that. So that's the first piece of low-hanging fruit Mm -hmm. would be that. The second thing I would say, Dan, would be um, for, for us to um, look at a week at a time. Okay. I think it's really easy in the current environment to just see the days rolling into each other. So yesterday is the same as the day before and so on. Mm, I've heard that comment a few times. It happens quite a bit. Mm. Um, so what I'd recommend is that people plan ideally on a Sunday and they map out their days, including their leisure time and what they're going to be doing. Even if it's going for a walk and they might map down different places to walk or cycle different yep. days, yep. whatever it is. Um, but you map it out for the week ahead. Um, so that takes away the problem of having just a rolling kind of life. Mm. And it can become highly frustrating and, um, and stressful. So that's the second thing we'll ahead. Yeah. The, the third one is what you talked about earlier, Dan, which I, the way you talked about it, which is actually plan to do less. You know, and if we were to have a mindset that said, how about I'll work less, but better. Mm. Um, that totally changes how you go about your life. Yeah. Um, I had a coaching experience last week with somebody and they were saying that, um, oh, the days are really hard because um, the, the, both people in the house, they want to share the kitchen table for their mm-hmm. laptops. <laughs> um, and it was just really frustrating to this person. So I said to them, well, why don't you sit down with your partner on a Sunday work out who's going to do what in the week ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of you work the morning, the other in the afternoon and so on. Right. Um, and then there's a plan. Um, and therefore by working less, when you do sit down to work at your kitchen table, your level yeah. of intensity that you bring to it is greater. Um, yeah. The danger, I think at the moment it's not too bad because there's less options available to us. But when we move back to a, a sort of a different state, it could be that there's far more distraction. So the quality of our work could really suffer by our mm. self-distracting ourselves. So yeah. by, by having the philosophy of doing less, it just concentrates the, the few hours that you have. Mm. I think that's you, you know, yeah. So, so that's right, eliminate, right? So that's one of your eliminate ones. It is. Yeah. That's, that's that, re- that, really reso- that really resonates for me. It really does. Yeah. And it did. Um, it oh, that, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Um, 
And I suppose too, you know, people creating that that weekly plan. And I've heard that, you know, from a lot of folks. You know, probably see that stuff right on LinkedIn. You know, it's got you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And they cross out Tuesday and Wednesday all day. Um, is sort of creating structure where probably that structure was imposed on them before. Um, yes. You know, booked and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but you you made a really good point, and and being too contentious. You know, oh, I don't know. I sometimes go in and I just shake my head because, you know, well, this is going to be so cool for, for humanity. So everyone's going to learn a new language, <laughs> learn to, I don't know, whatever, um, whatever that is with this time, um, which seems like a very um, middle class, Western centric view of the world anyway. Um, but, you know, giving people just the license just to kind of, I don't know, time for reflection. Time for fo- and, and for, but also you know what I love you saying focused intent and maybe they do a five hour day okay yeah probably find they get, get you know, I've I've found myself to be far more productive working from home without interruptions yeah. or should I say with interruptions that are easier to ignore yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. Yeah, and and oh, you know that combined with the idea that you're going to work X number of hours a day, not 24, 18 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is just so much better. Um, mm. You know, no, I suppose you, too that you, you know, and, and I know we're we don't want to take too much more of your time, David. But um, I, I think that advice is, is great for any listener, but even for a manager of people that are you know dealing with this and working remotely or working virtually, um, that stands. Um, right now, I think that's that's awesome advice and and success as well, you know, and and having that in your wallet. But also um, for any, any leaders of people, um, that that's some great tips for them to, uh, you know, that they can have a conversation around, you know, with their yeah, folks. But, like when you come back down to what we've just been talking about, is the leader who cares. Mm. So a leader who cares is able to have a conversation with somebody and say, like I said, Dan. How are things going at home? No, no, really. How are things mm. going at home? You know, um, what can we do together to help your situation at home or in your family or whatever? Yeah. And having an authentic conversation beyond mm. the superficial. And my pick is that leaders who show at this time, leaders who show that they care will be remembered mm. you never forget this dan do you um mm. you know if you think back on your own career where there was a level of humanity shown that was really caring you never unforget that you know yeah and right. then you know in future when we need to you know go beyond the call of duty that's what we're going to remember you know in the past that's what um somebody did for me Hey, there. hey David, that, that is a lovely, um, lovely thought to leave, uh, to leave um, all of us, myself included, about um, managers caring and uh, or leaders caring. It is, and that's something we can actually do now. Mm. And um, as I said, people don't unforget these things, especially at times mm. like this, you know, and um, yeah. Um, it's a great topic to look at right now is, is success and what it means to you as a manager and as a leader. And of course, to, the thing to remember is that 
as a leader, you're modeling behavior. So what you're doing is what other people are going to emulate. So it's really important that you do what you want the organization to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Hey, David, thank you so much for your time. Um, and so good to see you. I, I normally either see you in the office or sometimes just passing you on landing keys. So um, here in Wellington. So re really good to see you. And um, yeah, we will hopefully we'll, we'll talk to you again sometime. Yes. And uh, all the very best with your launch of your Inspiring to Lead program. I think thank it's, you. A, it's, a, it's a great day for you. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, for Nick and the team right? and, and yeah. James and them. And uh, I think it'll go really well. Right. And um, yeah, so I wish you well and uh, I wish your listeners well as well. Yeah, cheers, David. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you now. Bye bye.